It's a weird feeling anticipating the Blue Jays opening day game near the end of July, in the dead of the summer. It's in the middle of something. In April, it's the turn of the season. The weather is beginning to warm and we're coming out of hibernation and it marks a time where we can be excited that we made it through another winter. But this pandemic has changed most things in the world to some degree and baseball is no different. It's taken away high fives and spitting. It's taken away long lineups and scalpers and the wave, which maybe is a good thing. But at its essence, there are certain things that can never be taken away. The snap of the ball into a soft leather mitt, the crack of the bat, and of course, the feeling that at the start of every season, you have hope. Hope for a miracle. Hope for heroes. And in this time of uncertainty and suffering, hope is a much welcome thing. Let's play ball! It is Friday, everybody. This is Underdogs. I am David Patrick Fleming, and the cardboard cutout version of Jacob Eman is here in front of me. Oh, no, wait, it's actually him. Those cardboard cutouts were so realistic, I wasn't sure. <laughs> Nobody can see the face Jacob was just making. People on YouTube can see it, David. Check us out on YouTube if you can find That's us. That's what we're, we're trying to do. We're trying to get everybody to come on YouTube by doing mysterious visual things so that you're forced to. Here's a mysterious visual thing that will make you want to go to our YouTube channel. Jacob Eamon got his hair cut yesterday, and he thinks that he can come on this podcast and wear a hat. Yeah. Which would make me think that he's not happy with what happened. Is that true? That is not true, David. And I will unveil the haircut to you now. Whoa! Whoa. You look like a, a nineteen. You look like a World War One soldier. Is what you look like. Well, thank you. I gotta. I gotta send a shout out here to B Side Barber in Toronto at Lansdowne and Saint Clarence. Uh, JP, the the owner and barber who cut my hair. Uh, you are a fantastic person and a great barber. I had a wonderful experience there, my first time there, um, a local barber shop near my place. Uh, you know, it was it was about an hour haircut. He, we talked about uh, philosophy, psychology. We talked about where we grew up. Him going to arts high schools and being in drama, being behind the scenes in drama. Eventually. Uh, becoming a for our live music producer, um, and then eventually becoming a barber. What it's like making his business survive during the pandemic. What it's been like having people come in, getting haircuts with masks on. It was just the conversation never really stopped. He was very, very nice to talk to. I feel like so many people are just longing for conversation with people now. Yeah. Because so many people have been either alone or they've been around the same people for so long that when new people come in, we're just dying to have new conversations with strangers. Especially when it's something like you meet a new person that you feel like you connect with and that you have a lot of the same kind of interests or like you've had a similar kind of path in life. Uh, it's been so long since I've met new people. Like I feel like the last month, I'm still barely even seeing like my friends for my whole life 
that I live in the same city as, uh, let alone meeting new people. So that's that's pretty cool. Is there any element to you getting this haircut that is related to the Mr. Mom comment from an episode earlier this week? Uh, it's 100% the reason I did it. I couldn't bear to be Mr. Mom anymore. <laughs> so was this your attempt at becoming Bruce Wayne? Yes. You said Bruce Wayne has a haircut, and I said, all right. Well, Bruce Wayne could never get away with the high and tight fade. No? No way. Yeah, maybe not. But I have another question about how you're feeling today, because this is Blue Jay's opening day, and I want you to compare the way you feel today about the Blue Jay's opening day compared to other seasons where <laughs> they would typically start either you know late March, early April. Is the excitement level the same? Would, would it be fair to say that your excitement level on a typical opening day, say last year, the year before, would be 10 out of 10? Uh, well, no. No, I would 10 say out of 10. It, it wouldn't be 10 out of 10 last year or the year before. I'm feeling in a way that I haven't felt since the beginning of 2017. And I guess it's sort of a similar feeling to 2017 because you kind of realized mm, some things don't necessarily feel right, but you know, it feels like we've still got a chance. We've got a lot of great dudes, but it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I don't know what is gonna happen. You know, the beginning of 2016, it was like, let's fucking go. Let's get revenge. We're ready to rock. We're still awesome. But I didn't quite feel that way in 2017. 2018, 2019, it's like, oh God, this is gonna be a long year. When's Vladdy coming? When's Bo coming? When are the kids coming? Shoot me now until they do. For me, I have so much hope until I'm proven otherwise. And sometimes that's immediately. And sometimes it takes a few games. Sometimes it'll take a few series. But I always believe that something great can happen. Yeah. And so, I, but for me, that's not where the lack of excitement, I'm still very excited about this game tonight. It just feels awkward. It's, feel, it's a clunky part of the part of the year. It's not, you know that fresh start of like April when the season's changing. It's not you know, January when the calendar turns over. It's not um, September when school starts. There's just something weird about something beginning in the dead of the summer. I agree. I became, you know, I watched some of the Yankees game last night, the Yankees Nationals game last night. And at some point I I started to wonder and, and, and started to realize that I'm thankful that it is a 60-game season because I don't think I could make it through 162 without fans. Um, it's really a lack of feeling when you're watching the games. And baseball is a long game as it is. It requires a lot of focus, a lot of um, attention, especially when you're not watching the Blue Jays. You don't have that extra thing. Um, I do watch games that aren't Blue Jays, and I do watch in the regular season. But even that, I'm I'm a little bit more on my phone. I'm thinking about different things. I might be reading articles. It without the fans there, it just it it really feels like something's wrong. So, and, do the cardboard cutouts do anything for you? For anybody who didn't watch any of the Dodgers game last night, they have these card like literal cardboard cutouts that look uh, more cartoonish than realistic. In the they have it behind the plate so that the camera sees it in every app app. They also have them sort of on the first rows behind the duckouts. Does that do anything for you? I didn't, so I didn't watch any of the, it got too late. I didn't watch any of the actual Dodgers game. I watched their, their national anthem. I watched the whole introduction, the 
um, all of that I was I was interested in. Um, and I taped the Dodgers game. We'll see. I doubt I'm going to watch it today, but maybe. Um, but uh, less interested in the cardboard cutouts. I mean, that's fine. I really don't mind that. Um, I'm. I have a great amount of concern and uneasy feeling about Fox's plans for for this weekend. Um, they're planning on creating a CGI fan across the whole stadium. There's going to be masses. They've got a little video example of it on Instagram and Twitter where they've got their fake fans doing the wave. Like the, the stadium is full. People are jumping around, bouncing around. It's all fake. And I'm like, what? This is the most Fox Sports move Fox Sports has ever done. It trumps their glowing hockey puck from the 90s, the, the trail. Um, but is the goal to make me forget? To make to to impress me, I don't know. It just it distracts me and it distresses me. And yeah, yet that's I the also thing. Like, why, it. why can't we embrace that this is different and just see what we learn from it being different and see how it affects us, as opposed to trying to force this back to a thing that we remember or or something that's more familiar for us. It's like it's not like we're watching this and being like, oh, nobody's showing up to these games because it's so deeply unpopular. We know why nobody can be there. And I think they missed an opportunity. And I know why they pumped the crowd sound in so you can't hear the players. But as a fan and as a fan of players and as somebody who has such curiosity to the uh, behind the scenes of a game and what these athletes are really like, I would just have loved to have been able to hear them, to for them to just kill all crowd sound and just see what we can hear and see what the experience is like with that kind of quiet. Yeah, I, I I would be curious to to hear it as well. I think the the crowd noise has started to bug me less than I am imagining this fake CGI crowd is going to be. It's very distracting, and I'm an easily distracted visual person. Last night on the Yankees broadcast, the the ESPN broadcast, uh, it's in Nationals Park, and there's a green screen advertisement right behind home plate and to the left, and so. Depending on the advertisement, there was one when it was, I think, Bud Light or something. It's blue. Uh, Yankees blue hats. There were points when Garrett Cole's hat was becoming the advertisement because he's standing in front of a green screen. The whole time, there's just like this weird glow around him. I was so annoyed. I was like, shame on you, Nationals. Move that green screen advertisement. Don't put it in front of the players. That's It's horrendous. Stop it. So... Big news in baseball yesterday that they are going to, which is so weird that they announced this the day the day of opening day, that all of a sudden the playoffs have been expanded yeah. in, a, in a pretty significant uh, fashion. Um, now, obviously, because the regular season has fewer games that are trying to add it on to the back end, making more meaningful games, you know, and I'm sure that there's an element of trying to give teams uh, potential to make more money as well, which I'm sure is probably the the most dominant factor. When you heard this news, did you get excited? Like, oh, the Blue Jays could have playoffs this year? Did it feel like it would be? For me, I felt my initial feeling, and I've changed on it a bit, was that, oh, that would be cheap if the Blue Jays got in in this playoff format and it would feel dirty. Well, my first, my real first reaction was, Oh well, this is gonna fall through. This is just like a thing that's trending on Twitter right now that uh, people are saying might happen, and 
and in an hour it's going to be like the sources the sides could not agree on the numbers and there won't be an expanded playoffs this season um but once once it was official i was very surprised and more so actually not feeling like it would be cheap if the blue jays didn't make it but that it'll just be even more disappointing if the blue jays still don't make it which i think is still a very real possibility for the team well you were you were saying that in the projections they still don't uh they still don't rank as being a playoff team even in this expanded format that's right so in the al the top teams according i don't even know whose projections they were maybe fan graphs Astros, Yankees, Rays, Twins, Athletics, Indians, Red Sox, Angels, and White Sox make the playoffs with the Rangers still ahead of the Blue Jays not making it by uh, they're up a game. And so the Blue Jays are, would still be uh, a, a team out of it. That seems crazy to me that they put the Rangers in front of the Blue Jays. I, I, I agree. I think maybe because of the additions to, to the Rangers... Uh, rotation, Corey Kluber, uh, maybe maybe making the big difference for them there. But uh, yeah, the, they have the Blue Jays at 27 and 33. So, I mean, that doesn't sound crazy to me for the Blue Jays to, to no, do this sounds, season. I would, I would take 27 and 33 over a lot of different options. Is there a team in that list that I've given you, David, that you think has no business there? I mean, it's curious to me that... I mean, the Red Sox lineup is still potent. It's still really good, even without Mookie Betts. But their rotation seems like it's a complete mess to me. I don't know how they're gonna, how they're gonna go thirty and thirty. I guess anyone can go thirty and thirty, but I feel like we've got a chance to, to be just as much in the mix as the Athletics, the Indians, the Red Sox. Um, and those three teams are ahead of the Angels and the White Sox, and I don't think that that is accurate. I think the White Sox are going to be um, up there with the with the Twins or looking for the real wild card this season without needing the expanded playoffs. Their, their team seems like it's going to be a huge step forward this season. And... Uh, it's it's hard to bet against the Angels as well, for me. I, I'm I'm an Angels fan. I, I like the Angels a lot, and obviously um, excited to see you know how Otani bounces back and Rendon at being added to that team. So I definitely think that they're a, a big contender. I, I feel like I've thought about the White Sox so many years. It's like oh, they made some really good offseason acquisitions, and their team looks really good. And then for some reason, they just can't put it together. So for me, I still don't think I still don't put the White Sox in the same level that you're putting them at. Wouldn't be surprised if it happens, but I just don't. For me, Cleveland's garbage. Like I don't get I don't get why that they're even in in the mix for that. Like no more Kluber, no more Trevor Bauer. Like those are massive pieces to be taken away from their team. It should be noted that in these projections, David, the Astros are the number one team at 35 and 25, and the White Sox are 30 and 30. There's a five-game difference between number one and number eight. So uh, it's, it's, it's not a crazy spread, and it just seems like we're just throwing out these numbers and literally anything could happen, you know? Hopefully the Astros don't even make the playoffs, even in this expanded playoffs. That would be the most satisfying storyline for me this season. Imagine the fucking Astros don't make the playoffs. 
I mean, uh, for anybody out there who doesn't know, uh, yesterday Juan Soto was tested positive for COVID-19, so he's not going to be a part of the Nationals team. And you don't know how many times that that's going to show itself. I mean, that's just going to be a huge factor when, like, Matt, like, he he's an, uh, an elite, elite player. Like, there's so many people in fantasy drafts that I'm sure are just kicking the wall today because they lost, you know, their first round pick of Juan Soto. And that's possible to happen to any team and affect their standings, affect their place in this playoff structure. We, we could watch just like a, a bag of smashed glass being glued together making the playoffs this year just because they were able to figure out how to navigate all these people who they lost over the course of these next 60 days. Yeah, I I got to say I'm feeling again quite pessimistic about the season after the Soto thing happens. It's like there's just a certain kind of person getting covid that just reminds you is like what was the MLB thinking here? How yeah. did you think that this was going to work? You know, it on opening day they weren't even on the road. The Nationals were at home when he tested positive. It's just a disaster. What I don't understand is when you get a player who tests positive on a team where he's been with the team, how how does nobody else have it? How does the whole team not have it? Yeah. And why and don't they have do you to play quarantine or something? You know, like shouldn't they like wait a day or two before playing another team in case yeah, there's just there's just no way that none of those other players who played last night against the Yankees don't have it. And yeah. how did the Yankees feel playing that team? Yeah. I, I don't understand. It's not like Soto was off by himself and, and just was diagnosed positive and, and it was like, hey, don't show up. He's been amongst the team. Yeah. And where did he get it? Exactly. From who? <laughs> what, what are they doing? I have a question for you about tonight and opening uh, day for the Blue Jays. Okay. In your opinion, who is the most important player to get off to a good start? Hunjin Ryu, maybe, you know, if he goes out there and scuffles and, you know, for example, we get out of the the first inning tonight and it's four nothing Rays and it goes downhill from there and Ryu doesn't quite get off to a, a great start across a couple of starts. And suddenly that number one guy that we're counting on giving us a chance to win, that isn't even happening. Um, I feel like that could really suck the energy out of the team, kind of make you feel a bit disheartened. Maybe not for these young guys, and they're they're uber confident, and they know that, that losing happens and that pitchers will have a rocky start, but uh, I, I, yeah, I'm going to, I got to go with Hunjin Ryu and then, and then Bo Bichette as well. Because if if Bo if Bo doesn't get off to that electric start, I think that he is so much of a driving force of the confidence of this team. And if if he can get in his head, I don't know. I haven't seen him in a slump. He didn't really have a real slump in the majors yet. Obviously, he went he got off to a torrid start. He was hitting. I don't know, above 300, like 330 or something. And then the last 19 games he went down, he was hitting like 246 or something. So he kind of regressed quite a bit in the latter half of of uh, his come up last season. Um, and that might be more of his normal, which I think is going to be something that we might have to get used to, the fact that Bo might not be a 300 hitter. 
um, uh, right off the bat? I think, I mean, for me, like based on what you said about Ryu, for me, like the, the story that I tell myself if that happens is that it just sets up Nate Pearson to come and be a savior. Mm-hmm. And that he would re-energize the team by showing up, having a really electric start, and um, moving forward, be their guy. And then I would say that it would be Vladdy who I would rather see get off to a hot start only because Bo had so much success last year. He could probably manage a little bit of struggle. Uh, and Vladdy had so much attention on him last year. He's had so much attention on him already this year. And if he starts to struggle again, then it's like, oh, this is just like an ongoing thing where he hasn't can't really figure this out. And so I think it would do a lot for him to to have an, a good night tonight. Obviously, you know, it's one game. I don't expect any player if they struggle tonight against like an ace like Charlie Morton to, you know, have a meltdown, and, you know, completely collapse mentally. But if I could choose one person to have a huge offensive night, it would be Vladdy for sure. Yeah, that's fair. I guess I wasn't thinking about it as just this start and kind of thinking about the first couple games of the season. But yeah, yeah, you're definitely right there. And I think based on where Vladdy hits in the order, if he does get off to a hot start, I think we'll have a better chance of winning. You know, I think that likely people are, the whole idea is that people are hopefully on base when Vladdy's hitting cleanup and he's bringing in a bunch of runs. So I think you're you're bang on there. If If he gets off to a hot start, we're going to be feeling pretty good. It's 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 interesting thinking about Nate Pearson um, and not him not being called up from the beginning of the season, especially when we're just talking about the expanded playoffs and the win spread between first and third being five games, yeah. us being one game behind the Rangers and the projections. What if we make it out of this time through the rotation and we're four and one? And yeah. we know that if... If if uh, if Pearson came up, we might have been five and zero. And what if we're one game out of the playoffs? How do how do how does the front office sleep at night if if that's the case? That to me is is one of the the, the largest issue of this expanded playoffs and the fact that they you know put Nate Pearson on this taxi squad. He's not going to be on the team, so they're going to miss uh, his at least his first start. Who knows when he'll actually come up? But if you're going to say that you know you want to put the best team on the field and then you've got people like Anthony Kay and and Derek Moron like over uh Moran Moron uh and you want to put them in over a guy like Nate Pearson that would suggest that um you're not putting the best team on the field and when you have such an opportunity now to actually um give these young players a taste of what the playoffs could be like give them um, a a drive underneath them. It's like, hey, guys, we might not have a stadium yet. Uh, We don't know where we're going to play. But here is Nate Pearson. We're calling him up so he can be a part of this team, and we are running for the playoffs. And all of those guys would be fired up by that because these guys must feel a certain way right now with the uncertainty of their season, with not really knowing where they're going to play. And I just feel like that would have really boosted them into the start of this year it may very well um maybe some of the who knows though maybe some of the younger guys maybe vlad and and Bo, some of the guys who know that they're going to be here in five years maybe maybe they understand and they realize that they're going to be a better team down the road and they're happy that 
that their man Nate is going to be the front of their rotation for that extra year when they're at the top of the American League. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know if players think that far ahead in the future. I don't know. They, I feel like athletes in general are fairly in the moment uh, people by trade. Uh, yeah, m- maybe they do. Maybe they maybe they just assume that they'll all be there and that that's a a better move. But I, I think that knowing the makeup of some of these players, they want to win now and they think that they can win now and they want to be given the pieces in order to do that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I was going to say, to be fair to the Blue Jays, I guess they had already announced their roster before they, before it was announced that the playoffs had expanded. Who knows how long the, the teams have known that this was the case. But that's what I mean. That just exposes that thing because then they can't be like, oh, well, we didn't know. Well, we didn't know there was actually a chance. Ah. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you should always believe there's a chance. But also, my point was to even bringing that up is you can still change it. It's not set in stone. Now you know that we're, we, there's an expanded playoffs. Let's, let's call up Nate Pearson for that, for that fifth start. But that would expose their, um, that would just prove to everybody that what they were doing was keeping them down for service, which everybody knows is true anyway, but it would just really expose that. They'd be like, oh, why'd you, why'd you call him up? You didn't think he was good enough to make the opening day roster, but then it seems like after the playoffs were expanded, you called him up. So talk about that. And I, don't, I can't think of an answer that you could have to that that didn't uh, overtly expose the fact that you were holding him down for service time. Yeah, fair. <laughs> but I can't think of an answer that doesn't expose them for overtly ex- uh, exploiting his service time to begin with. So what, is it, what does it matter if we do it one way or the other? Yeah, I mean, even the Royals called up a pitcher that they didn't have to call up um, in the similar situation as Nate Pearson. It's like other teams are doing it. Other teams are breaking that uh, line and they're they're doing what they think is best for their team. And it's a fucking Royals. They're not going to win. They're going to win like eight games. But yet they're doing that. And I think we've just gotten so used to the fact of this narrative of um, service time that we all just accept it. Yeah. But when you really remove yourself from it, it's a really weird thing that we're all participating in that belief yeah for sure let's wrap up and but david i want to ask you give me a give me a prediction for tonight how are the blue jays going to open this this uh, 2020 season i have this feeling now this is like i said i go into to seasons with with hope but i have this feeling that the offense is going to be on fire tonight and I know it's going to be tough up against Charlie Morton, but I think they're going to score two runs in the first inning. Okay. Um, I think Ryu is going to be okay. I think he's going to be a little bit serviceable. I don't think he's going to be lights out. I think he's going to make it through six innings, letting up four runs. And I think that the Blue Jays are going to win 8-6. Wow. 8-6. Okay. I love that. I love the prediction. I'm going to say that tonight is going to extra innings. We're going to see our first runner on second. We're going to get a real taste of 2020 baseball. It's going to be a 5-4 win for the Blue Jays. I think that uh, they're going to have Anthony Alford come in for that winning run in the 10th. Ken Giles is going to lock it down after that. (laughs) We're going to see a, a, a rowdy bomb. We're going to see... We're going to see uh, Bichette hit a double, and uh, Guerrero's going to bring in that first 
first run of, with of a, the shed. With a ground ball to shortstop, or is he going? Yeah, he's uh, going to find the hole. He's going <laughs> to bam, laser right through the second base and shortstop hole. And that's that's how it's going to go down tonight. Ryu's going to he's going to look nice. He's not going to look dominant, but he's going to be solid. You heard it here first, folks. Also, just want to on this opening day send a quick shout out to my brother. Wish him a happy birthday today. Brother's turning thirty three. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Daniel. Have a good opening weekend, everybody. Yes, have a great opening weekend. And also, while you're out there, we just would like to know that we really appreciate you. Um, it's been, uh, it's been, we're on episode 18 or 19 today. Um, we've got fans from all over the world, Australia, the UK, Virginia, uh, Washington. We've got fans all over the world and we haven't had real games to even talk about so the fact that you're joining us now um just wanted to thank you for that and uh enjoy the opening night of the blue jays 2020 season